It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. A mixed week of results for the Philadelphia Flyers and the entire city of Philadelphia. We're going to talk about it all. Let's get into it right now. This is the Orange and Back Check Podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt. It is episode 129 of Orange and Back Check, the official Fires podcast for your listening ears. But we're going to dive into some other Philadelphia sports today. It's the end of Red October or Red November. And my goodness, uh, it's been a whirlwind of sports watching for Philadelphia. Now we shift our focus to the winter sports in Philadelphia Eagles, the Sixers, and of course, the Flyers. But Scott, first, I want to talk to you because obviously you were in the city, I think. You were at Temple in 08, right? So this was had to bring back a lot of good memories. Uh, unfortunately, it went the other way, similar to 09 uh, against the Yankees at the time. Full disclosure, I was a Yankees fan. I still kind of am at that point. Kind of shifted away thanks to you, Scott. Uh, when I joined WIP. So this was an all-in for me with the Phillies. Uh, so this one was a lot more hurtful than than 2008, or 2009, I should say. So You know what? For me, I, I'd say this was a lot less hurtful than 09. And, and, I, and I'll say this, because 09, you knew they were going to be there. This year was such a wild ride. I didn't expect them to get this far. Not a lot of people expect them to get this far. You know, I felt like, I just saw the cards lining up, like, like, oh, Bryce is coming back near the end of the season. If this team can sneak into the playoffs, they, they might be able to go on a run here because of the way the offense is going. And that's exactly what happened, which is awesome to see. But, you know, it's like always like those Cinderella teams. It always happens. I mean, look at the Rays, the, the, the Tampa Bay Rays in 08. In 08, it was the same thing with them. They got hot at the right time. They beat the Red Sox in seven. They meet the Phils, who are just a better team. And that's what happened. Um you know, it's funny. I I told my my son's been into it because my son's old enough now to understand that the Phillies are in a, a Sawyer. He's he's uh they were in a championship. So I I go in his room this morning. I say good morning to him. And he goes, "Ah, the Phillies do it." I said, "They lost, buddy." And he goes, "Oh, well, they have one more game to play." I'm like, no, no, no. The Astros won it all last. And then he goes, "They want the trophy," and he like got all upset. I'm like, it's okay, buddy. And he goes, and he goes, "I hate the Astros. Those cheaters." <laughs> Yes. I'm like, I love and this kid. He's such a funny sports fan already. I love it. And him. also, the fact that he's already taking it this hard, like, this yep. is perfect. Like, because the trajectory of how his life is going to go with the rest of us for Philadelphia sports fandom, he's right on t- He's right on scale. Yep. He's right yep. on that on that line to, to get it. 
Uh, so I that's think, great. That's awesome. I think give him a big hug and like console him and come to him. It's like, I'm like, it's all right, buddy. It's a game. I still got second place. Yeah. The good thing is we do it all again starting in February, March yeah. when pitchers and catchers yeah. report and you just figure right. it out. And then we still have the Eagles 8 no. You know, Flyers are playing that. better than what the inti- yeah, honestly like if you look at this and and we can stay on the Phillies for a little bit here if you want but like the trajectory of what the Phillies did you could draw similar parallels to what the Flyers are doing right now and what you can see like like you said with you you've said, called them a, a early playoff team early in this preseason when we were uh, doing our for- preview episodes like the way they're playing, yeah, I think this week was a little bit of a, more of a come down to earth. They had a nice win last night in Ottawa, a little bit of a rough one that you saw uh, in Toronto, uh, a 5-2 loss that could have swung the both other way if, if, if some pucks were a quarter inch to the left or the right. And then you got the overtime loss against the Rangers. Like, I, it, it was a... It felt more of a come down, like, okay, this is what I anticipate. You're giving up a ton of shots. You Really, the only reason that you're staying in this is because of one guy, in my opinion, and that's Carter Hart. Like, he's bailing you out, similar to what Bryce Harper did, and he bailed you out, and he got you into the NLCS or through the NLCS on that home run in Game 5. So, like, there's there's a... Th- and they're both two important, the most important players. Bryce Harper is your best hitter. Carter Hart's your is your best goalie solidifying over the last decade plus like it's been a while that we've been waiting for this so like there's a there's a trajectory here where the flyers sneak into the playoffs and then as we say anything can happen now we're obviously getting ahead of ourselves but like they're in third place last i looked uh, in the metropolitan like this is a, a really interesting season so far despite as torts has said numerous times that he's not completely happy with how the defense is and rightfully so the defense isn't that good right now uh they're giving up a ton of shots and you're only kind of staying in these games because of one carter hart look right now there's no time like the present look at the team like the penguins who we thought would be better they lost seven straight like seven straight like that's crosby malkin and all that 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 team lost seven straight we've been waiting for this moment with this penguins team because they're aging they're aging out like this is really what it's coming down to correct exactly listen i mean uh i i I look at it this way like the flyers are not stanley cup contenders right now they're not but they're they're building something here and the fact that they're third in the division with really young players and a new coach should have been telling you all the wrong. It's all about the fit. And, like, you know, Tortorella has been pressing the right buttons. Now, listen, they went 6-2-2 two, and two early last year before the wheels fell off. Right now, they're 6-3-2. and two. <laughs> I don't know if the wheels are falling off of this one, though, because Tortorella's not going to allow that to happen. I mean, listen, let's, let's go back and let's talk about the some of the games this week. You lost one nothing against the Rangers, okay? All right regardless of the fact that the Rangers put 36 shots on goal and the Flyers only put on 19, you didn't score a goal, but you only gave up one. That's saying something. And not only that, you only gave up one in the extra session and in, in in the three-on-three, three, which when you watch the three-on-three, three, you notice how much skill this team is lacking. But it's not all about skill. For instance, when they were going against Sabanajad and Kreider, and, you know, they had players like that out there. You could just see the difference in skill. You could see the difference in speed. Those guys have been playing together for a long time. The Flyers were just pinned the entire time. And the puck barely got past Carter Hart when they scored. I mean, that can't, that could have gone to shootout very easily. Besides the point, regardless if you give up 50 shots or 20 shots, when you lose a game one nothing, you're playing well defensively, okay? 
Then you have a very, very difficult back-to-back to go against against the Leafs, where you lose 5-2, to two, but you hit three posts in that game. And, like, for instance, the shots are very lopsided, but Toronto puts a lot of shots on that anyway. They had 44 shots against Felix Sandstrom, which we're going to talk about later. And But they also, at the same time, they put 25 shots on goal. That's after getting shut out the night before against a tough team, against a team that's much faster than them and much better than much skillful. They, they held their own. Again, they hit three posts in that game. It easily could have been 5-5, five, five, three inches to the left, an inch to the right, whatever. So I'm actually excited the way this team is starting to progress because you're starting to see it. You're starting to see, you know, a lot of scrums after the whistle, which is awesome. That That's that's the rough and tumble hockey that people love here. They're, they're building something here. They're, they really, really are. And again, I think this team can still get to the playoffs and we're a long way from here. I know we're, we're not even, we're, we're basically 10 games into the season here, you know, so there's 70 games to go. But I still think the way things would shape out, the Flyers have an opportunity here to sneak in as a wild card. Not go on a run like the Phillies did, but get some of those younger guys, some of that experience of what it's like to go through a full grind of an NHL season and then get into the playoffs and have an intense coach like that behind it. That's the best way you build your team is by experience. And if they if they meet those expectations this year, you might see the the Flyers plug in and try to go after some people off and say, you know what, we're closer than we think because we're better than we think. And let let's let's start some adding some pieces here and then see what happens. No, I do, I do agree with you. I, and honestly, that was the anticipation that we had with the Phillies, in my opinion. Like they they were they kind they were the last team into the playoffs. They qualified on the second to last or third to last uh, mm-hmm. game or series. I can't remember. But the last game, yeah. ironically, it was against Houston. And they beat teams. the Astros. Yeah. yeah. Um. But it was about just get the young kids like Bryson Stott, Alec Bohm, a little. You can argue Reese Hoskins, Gene Segura. Who I mean, the, those two, the latter two players are not young, but you still hadn't given them playoff experience, and then you just build off that, and then you went on this immaculate run. You won in uh, you won in Arizona, or excuse me, in um, St. Louis, and then it the wheels kept turning, and that's how it goes. Like that's the trajectory of what you want for this Flyers team. Like they're so young, you want to get more experience for um, Morgan Frost, who actually is a little bit of a disappointment. I thought he played decent last night. Um, against in, in Ottawa, he was a plus one. But again, you're seeing what Tortorella's effect on. Hey, you're playing like shit. I'm I'm scratching, and you're going to sit down for a night. I think Rasmussen Ristolainen was a healthy scratch last night. He would he was replaced by Zamula, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So like, it's one of these things where you're going to be held accountable. You're going to get the experience that you need, and by the end of it you're hoping that you're in April and you're playing for, for something like whether it's more likely a, a, a wild card spot and you're playing one of the better, the top two seeds in, in the East, but it's something, it's absolutely something you can build off of. Exactly. It's the experience that you need. You have to get, especially with some of the younger kids and like, I want Tippett who I think he's been playing very, very well. I mean, like he hasn't, he hasn't done a lot on the score sheet yet, but I really, but I like how he's finishing checks. Yeah, but it's if you're not hearing his name, that's a decent sign. Um, it's a little bit different because he's a forward, obviously, but he's doing enough to like be somewhat impressive. It's kind of like the wrist alignment effect, where if you're not hearing his name, he probably had a really good game. Yeah, yeah, and the thing is, but to but I was a couple of plays last night where I just saw right off the face off. He's going in and get aggressive on the four check behind the net, finishing his checks, and I, I really, really like that style of play. I think that. 
it's going to come for him eventually. It really is, especially when he gets a better center to play with. I mean, don't that's not a knock against Kevin Hayes because he's playing with Hayes and TK right now. What I'm saying is that that when that opens that team up and you're able to move them around a little bit more as far as centers and stuff like that and, and play distribution, that that's gonna that's gonna help his game. His game is good. It's just getting you know chances with the pockets. That's where it's coming. You mentioned Morgan Frost too. I'll say this about Morgan Frost. He is a 23 year old player under a new coach trying to learn center in the National Hockey League. You got to give him a little leeway. I know people want this kid to be really, really good right off the bat. He lo- he plays like Danny. He looks like Danny Briere. He wears 48 like Danny Briere. A lot of people are like, you should be better than you are. You get you get flashes of Braden Shen, the way he was here, and how frustrating he was for some Flyers fans. Uh, you got you to give him a little time because it is very important to understand that don't look at the scoring because when you're playing center, the most important thing to do is get back in the zone and get your defensive coverage. Yeah, that's the one player that's 200 feet. The wingers don't have a lot of responsibility. They don't. They play down to the dots. At the, they play, you know, from the, the defensive dots. That's it. They bring the breakout. But that center's got to be 200 feet back and forth. So I've harped on that before. Don't be too critical of Morgan Frost because you have to learn that part before the offensive game comes through. You have to learn that part. And I know Torch is hammering in on that. Yeah, I think it's just it, it, it's it's frustrating because it's a kid that like I always get him and Farabee mixed up in terms of the contract extension. Um, no, Far- Farabee got the contract. Right. Okay. So like Frost, it, it's kind of like you're running out the clock. You're running out of time on the kid in terms of time frame and it sucks because i don't, I don't think so but but I, I don't. you, you got to make a decision here like the problem i think a lot He's of 87 games of nhl experience I, it's not a lot i understand but like what i'm saying is like you just signed eight years travis sainheim which at the end of the day i came around to like it makes sense because you needed you need to sure up that that blue line the problem is you're also dealing with a franchise that albeit as we just agreed with tortorello is hitting the right buttons but the problem I'm having is just that you're re- you're delving too deep into what uh, has been identified as potentially the problem over the last couple of seasons. Now, it's not specifically Morgan Frost I'm identifying, but if you just retain the talent that you have in your pipeline and don't make any changes other than the coach, that can be a really big hit or miss in my opinion. And it's hitting right now, but by Christmas. Is it still hitting by by January? Is it still hitting? Like that is the problem I'm having. Like it, it seems like um, Fletcher, not Tortorella. Fletcher's mindset is the talent is there, and it might be, but it it also might not be. And the fact that he's leaning all the way in, and maybe it's just because he's hamstrung, and that's what he's stuck with. But like I can't keep dealing with. Oh well, we have this guy in the pipeline. We're required to like. Just giving them all, all. No, I don't. I don't think they're going that mentality at all. Required to do anything along those lines. They're going to play what's out there. I mean, his ice time over the past few games hasn't been terrible. It's not been great. He's, you can tell he's not one of the favorite players. I mean, listen, against Florida when they won last, we get seven minutes of ice time, seven and a half minutes, and then the past three games he's had, you know, eleven forty one, twelve twenty four, and then ten minutes. Like, let me ask it this way. Let me ask it this way. Like, pretend the Travis Anheim extension wasn't signed yet like they 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 waited until the offseason similar with Morgan Frost I, I I don't know his contract details off the top of my head doesn't matter would you rather have, at the end of the season like just you make a decision 
Morgan Frost, or Travis Hanheim. Like, that's what I think you need to start doing. And maybe they are unofficially. But at the end of the day, you have to realize we have to make some sort of changes because the talent has been the same for the most part of the better part of a decade. Different players, but similar styles and similar just results. So, like, would you rather just say we're going to extend Travis Hanheim? Or rather you say, okay, we're just going to stick with Morgan Frost despite him being such an unknown. Well, um, you ask me, I'm always going to go defense first. Right, I, I would too. Defense, Honestly, so you, would I. How you show up your blue line. You work your way from back to front. You have Carter Hart playing solid. You have Carter Hart. You have your defense in front of him who's solidified now for quite a few years. And then you move up to the front that way because they're the forger dime a dozen. I, I don't think we'll find that. But he, it's not like he's getting a lot of money on the cap. He's got he he's re-signed for one year, 800000 this year. So that's what I'm talking about with Morgan Frost. But, you know, you, you always build out back to front. But the point is about Morgan Frost is that this is this is when we talk about the opportunity, you know, Coots is going to be out for a couple months here. They they move Lawton to the wing sometimes to take draws. This is a good opportunity for him to develop that that skill set at, at, at center and really ride that roller coaster and wave up and down and hold accountable on how he needs to play. And, and that's what I'm saying is that I think that it's it's important for this team to have more depth at center because that's one of the weaknesses of them that they don't have enough. They don't have enough down the middle. And that could potentially hurt them down the line, especially with Coots being out for an extended period of time. So, um, look, I, I, I think it's he, he started off really hot really early. He's cooled down a bit. This is not out of the ordinary. Players will do that. They'll have hot starts. They get streaky, all that stuff. That they're, they're, That's what happens. I think the fan expectations understand is that you don't expect this kid all of a sudden just flip a switch like that. I don't think any player is going to be doing that. This this thing is going to – they need to learn how to play as a team. I mean, Zach McEwen scored last night. Nick Deloria was generating offensive chances last night against Ottawa. There's going to be – that's just hockey. Some games, some guys are going to do a really good job. Some games, they're not. And the guys you don't expect, some games are going to be really good. And some games, they're not. It's just a flow. That's all about building this thing right now. Speaking of Flo trying to establish your backup goalie in Felix Anstrom, who we talked about how good Carter Hart is, we're going to talk about in a moment here, what Scott's thoughts are on Felix Sandstrom. He has a little bit of concerns, but first, as always, this episode of Orange and Backcheck is brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network in partnership with DraftKings Sportsbook. Listen, we're recording on Sunday. It's NFL Sunday. What are you waiting for? There's nothing better than partnering with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, and right now, and new customers can bet $5 on any 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 NFL team to win, and you get $200 in free bets if they win. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings Sportsbook's stepped-up same-game parlays. Bet the money line. Bet the over-under on, on points. Bet the over on touchdowns for a specific player in the game. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, play a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, and point totals. Uh, I've already looked into the Eagles, or excuse me, Philadelphia won on set, on Thursday night. I'm already seeing them a 10.5-point favorite against Washington next Monday, the 14th, on Monday Night Football. Uh, I mean, they're 8-0, and they're playing a team in, in Washington that, that, I mean, is just terrible, and they don't have their starting quarterback, so ride them as long as you can. Just keep it up with Philadelphia. That's really what I'm saying. Uh, with bigger payouts better than ever, 
DraftKings Sportsbook is my go-to when betting on the NFL. Now, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN and place a $5 pregame money line bet to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL with promo code THPN. PN minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. You can see our show notes in the description below for all of those details for your appropriate living area. Now, Carter Hart has been outstanding. He's either, I think a 9.39 sub two uh, goals against average, which is just. By the way, speaking of DraftKings, twenty five plus twenty five hundred still Scott for Carter Hart to win the Vesna. They haven't changed it. I might not just I might stop bringing it up because DraftKings will change it if they keep listening to us. Stats are ridiculous. He's got a 1.97 goals against average and a 9.46 save percentage. And last night he was awesome. He played he's been playing very well. He's confident, man. He's just really really confident. Honestly, like I think it's part of the Tortorella effect. Like you saw it is, 100%. You saw him get a little leaky uh under AV. He shirted up a little bit under, under Mike Yo, I thought, but like Clearly, this program that I mean, uh, uh, Kim Dillabaugh is is still doing under uh, um, with the team or under the the staff, but like, there's something about Torts that just leaks into every one of his players that oozes out. I should say the confidence that I think Torts projects oozes into these players, and that's why you were seeing the, not just the Carter Hart results. The Carter Hart results are just a bonus, honestly. Like I don't, we anticipated something. So, uh, of of a like establishing yourself as a starter, I don't think we established a, a, a set an expectation yet for an elite level. We did that a couple of seasons ago, and it blew up in you and I's faces. So like, I didn't want to do it this year. But like, I mean, is is Carter Hart elite yet, or do you need more games? I I'm not gonna go into elite status. I mean, look, I'm yeah. It's it's it. it I think he's a top echelon goaltender in the National Hockey League. That's what I think. And, it, like, look, it's the last two seasons have been a little bit rocky for him. He's starting to hit that potential that needed to be. But you need to see this over the course of a couple seasons, not just eight games. Sorry. Like, it, it's off to a good start. But it need to, what makes you elite isn't the fact of putting up great numbers. It's about doing it consistently and playing consistently. You know, he does not have a regulation loss yet in this season. That is outstanding. That's just, to me, through eight games, it's great. It, it's unbelievable. A 1.97 and a 946, those are really good numbers. I mean, they're great numbers. Yeah, and this is kind of why I'm starting to lean towards that elite level. I mean, albeit he only turned away 16 shots, but he went head-to-head with Shesterkin, had a shutout. Unfortunately, he had to give up the goal in in, in, in overtime. And Shesterkin is considered a, a top-level talent slash elite. Like, he's always in the conversation for the Vesna. So, if you're going head-to-head with him, I, I got to I gotta lean towards elite at this point. But um, I don't want to get too excited because it's blown up in our faces too many times. Right. Labels aside, let me put it this way. Shesterkin was the key reason that the Rangers made the playoffs last year because of how well he played. Okay? Carter Hart's going to be the same thing on how fast the team's going to accelerate this retooling so to speak this is great for carter hart and, and this is why i i don't care that he's seeing a high number of shots per game that's not a bad thing now towards the end of the season that could be a fatigue problem which is why i have concerns about the backup goaltender and look 
That's not a slight against Felix Sandstrom. I think Felix Sandstrom has played well. I think he's played well. I think he's kept the Flyers in games. They they don't they have they're not a great defensive team yet, and he's he's getting battered. Like the other night, he had forty four shots against with with uh, with um, Toronto. That that's a lot. That's a lot for a young. They've guy. they've crossed forty plus shots given up several times on this season. Like at least twice, I want to say, maybe even three times. Like it, it's it's not a concern like a red flag, but it's if it, it's a concern like a yellow flag. Like I, I like I don't know how to describe it other than like it's a concern, but I'm not like panicking over it i guess is how i would no 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 they listen you're i know the flyers the mentality behind this they want to give sandstrom a chance after watching sandstrom last season i thought okay this guy could give me a shot of of being a a backup goaltender but the concern was that i had was can this guy win and play at the national hockey league level can he do it for 20 25 games the issue is not because i've seen him play so far his stats aren't great he's got a, a 378 goals against average but an 894 save percentage. So, I mean, that tells me he's getting battered. He's getting it a lot of, because that save percentage is almost at 900 with a 3.78. He's getting hit with a lot of shots. Okay. And so, he's he's doing his job. He's, he's playing well enough. What concerns me is he's 0-3 on the season. That's the concern. Because it's not about so much of a backup goaltender of just giving Carter Hart a night off. It's really about making sure that you can win games when Carter Hart isn't playing. So that's the key. And like you can't have one goal or goaltender who's undefeated and one goaltender that's that's winless because then it's a wash. He, he, Felix Sandstrom needs to win hockey games at the National Hockey League level. That's what he needs to do. And he has not done that so far. I mean, on his career, he's played in eight games. He's 0-7-1. I was going to say, I'm, I, I just looked that up because I was like, I don't think he has a win yet. He's never and won he, a game. And that's concerning. And he has not. That's my point. In his three games that he's played so far, I mean, based on his average, obviously it indicates it, but he's only crossed over 900 once. And that was against uh, San Jose back on October 23rd. Like, he's turning away shots, but they're... He's leaking. He's not making the big saves. And, like, there was one and play Carter the other Hart night is, where... Which is the difference. Right. And I think what people have to understand is, for instance, the other night against Toronto where um, the the shot from uh, Mitch Marner hit a skate blade and knocked the blade off his skate and he couldn't move, which I think the league needs it because that happened to Tuka Rask in the playoffs a couple years ago and he got scored on. But uh, I... I, I I look at that and say, okay, is that his fault? No, it's not. Could have been a little closer? Yes, but still, at the same time, like, you could see him. He's got no blade. He's got no grip. He's still trying to push off on that. Get up on your other foot. I, 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 I try to at least scramble for that. I understand it's instinctive. It's reactive. It's quick. But that's the thing is that that's where experience comes in there. And and I, I'm I'm concerned that yes he while he's playing well the Flyers if they're going to have success this season cannot afford to lose games they need their goaltender to win them games a player with a no seven one record just does not do it for me right now right and this honestly comes to the argument of like hey if you knew your defense was going to be inefficient these first couple of weeks if not months in the season would it have been more beneficial to the team to the club to say let's get a veteran backup goalie in here. Now there's some yin and yang with that because like you could have got brought in 
a guy like Martin Jones back, look at a guy like Brian Elliott. I mean, he's obviously down in Tampa, but like a similar echelon of that, of that force and bring them in and back up Carter. Now, I don't think, and I said this before, I don't think Carter Hart is playing as well as he is if there is a veteran backup behind him. Strictly because I think it's a mentality thing of, hey, these keys are officially yours. You're the guy. Now, yes, he's been treated as the guy over the last couple of seasons because he's gotten a majority of the games. But I think there's a mentality point where, like, if you see a veteran goalie in the in the back of your locker room or in the sharing the same locker room as you as a young kid like Carter Hart is you're like oh I could lose this at any moment and they're just gonna ride with him you've seen it in spats here and there between Brian Elliott at the time and Martin Jones but now that it's Felix Sandstrom it's I mean one this was not supposed to be the plan it was supposed to be Fedotov correct correct so like but again young guy anticipated young guy to back up Carter Hart to establish you're the guy, and you have the keys to this. And that's why I think the part of the reason of why Carter Hart's playing so well. So I leaned, I'm fine with the the the, the mentality that Fletcher had with giving him the role and then just giving Felix Sandstrom for the, the backup role. I don't think Felix Sandstrom is ready for the NHL yet. I think he needed more seasoning down in the AHL. I mean, and how much more seasoning you get? It'll be 26 I in get a couple it, of weeks. But like, it's similar to... um. Alex Lyon, like he was a, a, a yo-yo for all of his time here in Philly, going back and forth between the AHL and the NHL, and he just never was good enough. But we've talked, like, I don't know, like it, it's a rock and a hard place. I don't think there was any um, right decision or wrong decision, I should say, for the for what they could have done. But I, I, I mean, unless you're able to somehow bail. Fedotov out of a, out of the Navy in in Russia, you're stuck. No, they're stuck with it. And and then listen, that's that's I, like if if you ask me, that's why I would have brought back Martin Jones. Martin Jones, I thought played very well last year, despite the circumstances. He's a veteran, um, you know, and you know he's he's the first guy I ever asked a question to. So yeah, Martin Jones is my boy. So of course, special place in your right heart. To, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Martin Martin Jones, my boy. Now, but honestly, like. You know, that, that, that's a veteran guy where, you know, you have that. He's playing well out there in, in Seattle. I mean, he's 6-3. He's and three. They've leaned on him some, so far. And he's got a 2.61 and a 9.01 save percentage for, you know, a team that's not very good. So, um, you know, that's it's, it's good for him. But that's what I'm saying is that that's the value of having a veteran backup goaltender is that someone who can come in here and it's not so much making, you know, save after save after save, but a guy who can win you a game or two. Because, uh, you know, that that's the thing is that you – you gotta give your go have your goaltender has to give you a chance. And I think that and I'm not saying that Sanchez hasn't done that. He has. He has given this team a chance to win. But the fact that he hasn't they haven't won a game with him in between the pipes, that's the concern. Yep. Especially because the defense is st- you're you're kinda in a way, you're kinda hanging Felix Antrim out to dry because the defense is still coming into shape and like you're leaning way too heavily. Like Carter Hart, because he's in his fifth year, like you can lean on him. Like this is this is what you've been waiting for with Carter Hart. And he's answering the bell. Felix Antrim, this is a very tough scenario. Like I said, it's a rock and a hard place for what Fletcher had to decide on. I'm At the end of the day, I'm glad he made this decision. Because I think you, I, I strongly believe, I don't think you get this Carter Hart that we're getting right now if a veteran is backing him up. The problem is, it's, it's again, it's the risk that because if Felix Antrim, who I don't think is NHL ready, 
in, in I don't he might not never ever be at this point. Like you said, he's 26 years old. He's been in the AHL for a number of years. You take, well, Fedotov is 26 years old, too. I mean, he'd be coming over for his first year. Right. And but, you got to give that a little leeway because it's his first year. Yeah. The KHL, the, you can argue, I don't, I, like, I'm not going to say that I sit here and watch the KHL night in and night out. Do you? Do you, do you, do you sit here and watch the KHL, Bill? I, I, it's not now. I mean, you're, you're, you sound like you're the expert on the KHL. But I don't, so but, I, but I think that has a little <laughs> bit more of um, seasoning than AHL. I might be wrong on that, but, like, I, I think you can make it's the different. argument. It's One, it's a different can, si- rank yeah, size uh, and all yeah. that. Right. And you can uh, generally, because it's still like you're getting the best players and, you know, like really the best players there. The, you can you can kind of plug and play a little bit better over here. Um, for goaltenders, it's a different story, though, because of that wider rink and they shoot from everywhere and all that stuff. So, I mean, for here, they shoot from everywhere. There, they don't. They play a lot more north, south and a lot more space to pass the puck around and stuff. So, you know, that's that's the thing. I mean, I mean, at the end of at the end of it. The team goes as far as what Carter Hart performs. Like, that's really, we've said that multiple times. It's just, it, it, not to sound like a broken record, but like it's becoming, as we get deeper and deeper into the season, I get it. We're like, what, four, we're a month and three games in. But like, still, that is a decent template to work off of, of what you're going to see out of this team. By Christmas, we'll have a better picture, obviously, but like, it it is blatantly evident to me. This team will only go as far as what Carter Hart takes you because, like we said, if they can sneak into the playoffs, Carter Hart's the guy. You're playing. You're not playing back to back. You're playing every other night, and you just lean on Carter Hart and say go, and you go from there. Like that's what it comes down to. You just need one. <laughs> you need Felix Anderson to get a freaking win. Like you, you, like zero and eight is crazy. 08 and 2 or whatever it is 06 and 2 whatever 07 it is 07 and 1 07 and 1 Yeah, you just throw numbers out there left and right. I had it up too and I still I'm having a <laughs> dyslexic moment. Now listen, it's it's oh it, it, that's the key. It's not that he's playing and that's again, it's not a slight. It's not a slight. I don't think he's playing poorly. I just think that he needs to win a game. And and that's the thing is that when you're goaltender and the thing about being a goaltender is this, is that you're not looking at numbers, you're not looking at stats. You're giving your team a chance to win. Has he done that? I'd say yes. He's given them a chance to win, but he's got to win a game. He's got to win them a game. He has to. If they're, if he, he has to find a way to win them a game. Um, and you know, and the thing is, is like for instance, like the 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 defense as a whole, the, this team has had good moments and bad moments. They've had a lot of bad moments in in Sandstrom games, but they've also had some bad moments in Carter Hart starting games. And you know, they they've they've weathered the storm. And that that's that's the fine line we're basically talking about here is that. He needs to make one or two more saves in order to give this team a really good chance to win. I mean, over the last five games, I think it's five games, or four, five games, including last night, they're outshot. They're being outshot 203 to 123. Like, that's not sustainable. And especially when one of those games is involving Felix Antrim in the Toronto game, like, it is <laughs> like that that's the that's the reasoning well, right let's, there. Let's let's look hang on and let's take that with a grain of salt. And you're right. It, it is a problem. But like for instance, let's take a look at a grain of salt of a, of a team like the Rangers. The Rangers just put a lot of shots on that to begin with because they're a fast team, they're good, you know, and they they don't get a lot of shots up. And not only that too, it's just Stark in his back there. So that's that's a tough thing. That's tough, okay? The Maple Leaf. They always outshoot other teams. They always outshoot. They just their problem is they don't finish. Well, Tavares got three goals the other night. So yes, they finished there. 
The senators and he hung out uh, Sandstrom to dry. Yeah, yeah, and and the, for instance, the senators, senators. I mean, they've lost five. They've what was it like? They lost five in a row now, I believe. They, you know, they they're playing. They're they have more talent in that roster than the way they're playing right now, which is a problem. Yeah, especially because they acquired Demrinkit. Uh, from Chicago, they obviously and Claude Giroux. Hello, you know that's funny. Like I and I had this in the notes, and I can't believe we didn't bring it up. Does Philadelphia fan do Philadelphia Flyers fans miss Claude Giroux, or is that ship has sailed? I didn't realize. Oh, I ship he, has sailed. I think he. I thought he played here since he was acquired by Florida last year, but he he was out for some reason. I think he had COVID or something. So he's coming back in a week, a week from yesterday on Saturday. Like obviously. I anticipate, you never know, especially because now that Red October and the Union are out of their championships, the first first sports city to ever lose two championships in the same day. Way to go, Philly. Right on brand. I, I, like, why do you, how do you get scored on with ten, when they have 10 guys on the field? Let's speak of the Union. Open, opens up I, the I field a little that. bit. Like it, one, it, it's, it's 11 versus 10. I mean, that's like getting a goal shorthanded in overtime. Yeah. That, it, 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 Absurd. Yeah. Gareth Bale's also really good. Um, okay. But, like, it's just one of those things where I hope that everyone cheers Claude Giroux. No, oh, they will. If anybody boos Claude Giroux, I will personally go to that stadium and I will slap you in the face. Yeah, it's like the morons that booed uh, Ryan Ellis on opening night. Or o- the yeah. home opener. Yeah, the same fans. Yeah, if you boo Claude Giroux, I'm going to come to that stadium and I'm going to knock your teeth out of your mouth. Because that's the style we like, first of all. And second of all, that guy gave everything he had. Over his career here in Philadelphia, which is 14 years almost. I think so, he, I think it was. I've listened to the press conference he had uh, the d- morning before, or whatever afternoon before the game uh, yesterday, or whatever it was. Um, he's clearly very bitter that he's not in orange and black. Oh, a hundred percent, he is. He had no expectation that he was. He thought he was going to finish his career there. I, I I heard that same. I heard that same press conference. Like, I, and I, it's funny. I'm glad he's in his hometown because obviously he's from the uh, the region of Ottawa. But like, he didn't want to play for them. He wanted to win everything here. Like, they're yeah, well, here, yeah, yeah. And then, unfortunately, I mean, he he's making. I think 19 million or something like that over three years for his with his contract in Ottawa. Like that's what he shifted to. Unfortunately, like I don't blame him, but like he's not going to win. He'll he'll never win a Stanley Cup unless he. I I I don't I don't know about that. I, that I don't know because you know what I think. There's the way his contract is. It'll be one more where a team's going to gamble on it and get a veteran guy for a run, and then if they, if Ottawa doesn't do anything over the next two seasons, I don't know. They're, look, it's early. They're off to a rough start, but they have too much talent on that roster. I think that they're they're going to be. They're gonna be. They're gonna level off. They're gonna be. They're definitely gonna contend for a playoff spot. But listen, it, it's a weird thing when you look at it from the outside. Uh, yet again, another Claude Giroux team off to a slow start. So it, 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 that's been that's been the theme of his career, and they've had to battle back to get into it. So that's something interesting to look at. Just a heads up. Yeah, I don't blame it. I I, I mean, I'm not gonna rehash old arguments that we've had. I mean, you and I are pretty much on the same page, but. No, I want to rehash it all, Bill. I want to do it <laughs> yeah, like my exactly wife does and bring up arguments from three years ago. Um, all right, so like they, as the, as we close this episode out, like I'm not upset with the team, but they're playing as good as they can for under a new coach and a new regime and a new mindset. I mean, the reason that really at the end of it, Carter Hart's the reason they're they're playing or winning games, and that's all I can. I don't, listen, and I think the Phillies have a little bit of. 
of something to do with this. Oh, that's a good like, point. Yeah, you know, you know, like, yeah, like, you know, this team's doing whatever. I- I'm not going to lie. It's been kind of fun to watch because you know what? Maybe it's just me personally. I know a lot of people like gold. I love seeing great goaltending. I love it. That's one of my favorite things. When you, you shut down an awesome offense like that. I mean, that that just that that gets me fired up. I love seeing great goaltending. When I'm watching baseball, I like the pitcher's duel where, I mean, it, it's stressful, especially like what we had last night with Zach Wheeler dealing as well as he was and, and Alvarez. Um, Thanks, Chaz McCormick. Yeah, like if these guys are dealing and pitching absurdly well, it's the same thing with an absurdly good uh, goalie duel or whatever you want, like if a matchup. Like I enjoy those defensive uh, stressor stressors way more than offensive stressors. I'm gonna I'm not gonna say I don't enjoy the seven six victory for the Flyers or the ten nine victory for the Phillies, but like when it's all of a sudden a one nothing win, you were obviously on the on the other side of that a couple nights ago against New York. But like those are those are enjoy just as enjoyable. You just gotta turn your brain to a different different switch because I mean I get it. Goaling, score, goal, scoring goals is what draws in the moderate fan, but like or the casual fan. But for the diehards, you can go both ways, and I'm gonna enjoy it just oh, yeah. as much. I, I'm gonna enjoy, I, and I'm crazy, yeah. But I'm going to enjoy a goalie shutting down a team and not getting anything past them over a four-three game any day of the week. That that's that's just that's just me because. I the drama is so much more intense when a goalie is not getting scored on. It's late in the game, and you're peppered, and you're peppered, and you're peppered. You try, even when some of the Flyers going against a hot goalie like that. Like I get like, oh my god, like they gotta get one pass, and gotta get one, like or you know. And then you know, it, I I love that. I love that. I mean, you'll you'll never you'll never change my mind on that part. But that's that's for me anyway. That's for me. But I mean, I'm also very biased. <laughs> yeah, as a goalie biased yourself. Because, yeah. because I am a goalie. Yeah. <laughs> so I love that. All right. That is going to do it. Episode 129 of Orange and Backcheck. Thank you so much for listening. An official partner of the Hockey Podcast Network. Give us all a follow. Follow in the description below. Make sure you rate us five stars on Spotify and Apple. It's a, a huge boost for us as a podcast. Um, what a month and a half it's been for Philadelphia sports. I mean, Two championship teams, an undefeated football team, and a hockey team that is being led by a goalie that we, a, the play of a goalie that we've been waiting for since the days of Pelly Lindblom. I, I like, I, I, I don't know, but it's been a long time. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. What kind of name is Chaz McCormick? Chaz.